We talk a lot about cornerback as it relates to the coming NFL draft, and that makes sense. It's the consensus best position of the class. Tight end, by that same consensus, is the second best. We never talk about that one, do we? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Zach Gentry signed yesterday formally. We knew that was coming. Uh, I was actually telling you about that two weeks after the season ended. Uh, Zach and I had had a conversation right after the season in which he sounded really uncertain about it and then I got some wind from his camp a few days later that it looked like everything was going to be okay. Well, these things take time, and all of that wasn't finalized and announced by the Steelers themselves until yesterday. So he's back. He's happy. And I can tell you, based on how nervous he was after the season and talking with me about the chance that he wouldn't be back, that that's going to be one very, very happy individual to have put pen to paper. Pat Fryermuth also happy about it. The two of them are inseparable buds. And I know that stuff isn't supposed to count and it's all about the player and everything's just a big video game, but it kind of does. Tight ends work together in a way that's different than any other positional group. I'll get to that in a moment. But when looking at this tight end class, and you're seeing uh, the caliber of the names who are available. Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington. Uh, these are players who can come in and make a difference at a position that we now see year after year after year can be a massive difference maker, not just because of Travis Kelsey either. He's he's a monster. He's, he's in his own category. There are tight ends everywhere that make that impact. That's what's going to be expected, and fairly, I think, of Fryermuth. But there's also a tendency, and I hear this a lot from Steelers fans, to say, well, let's just get two of them. Let's line up the way, you know, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez did or whatever and just really make it impossible for teams to stop us because they also recall how hard it's been for the Steelers to stop tight ends in general over the years. You can talk about Gronk and Hernandez and Kelsey, but think of a guy like Todd Heap when he was with the Ravens. Steelers had no answer for the guy. No answer whatsoever. And frustratingly, at times, they just kind of gave up on it and just said, whatever, he's going to get his catches. Let's try another way to stop Baltimore offense. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Where this team is concerned, I've got a couple of things to say about the tight end position. One is that I was very happy with the late season maturation on the field of Connor Hayward. Now, he is not your basic tight end. He doesn't have the build. Um, he doesn't have the blocking anywhere near at the level of what you're going to get 
from Gentry, or for that matter, Fryermuth, who's gotten better at it. He's not great at it still, but he's gotten better. But we also saw that Hayward can offer your offense a little bit of a wild card. Is that a fair way to describe what he was doing late? That's kind of what he was in college, too. No one really had a script for him. Uh, Not even a position. He would be listed as fullback slash tight end, and he really didn't do either. You know, he kind of looked more like a wide receiver, except that he also doesn't look like a wide receiver. One way or another, he's in the tight end room. And it does bear, I think, seeing it out, uh, what it is that he can offer, especially in the red zone. That's where the quarterbacks, in particular, uh, learned to value Hayward, uh, even in practice settings. They just loved having him as a target in the red zone. Two is that, you know, Gentry's not a bad player. Uh, you know, he's he's not Kelsey. He's not going to be anybody who makes anybody's Pro Bowl, okay? But if you look... Uh, over his numbers in 2022, this was his fourth season. He started 13 out of the 17 games. So he was used right off the bat. He was principally a blocking tight end. He was trusted to do that. And remember that this is a team that wants to run the football. That's why there's been all this emphasis on the offensive line. He still finished the year with 19 catches for 132 yards. Now, I'll be the first to acknowledge rolling my eyes probably as often as you did at some of those Matt Canada play calls to Gentry because they made no sense in certain situations. But it's not like he was muffing the plays when they went his way. A couple of drops, I think. He just wasn't going to get very far after he caught the ball, and he didn't. But that's not why he's out there. He's out there as a blocking tight end, and he did that job. And that leads me back to what I foreshadowed a few seconds ago when I mentioned the tight end room being something that's different. The tight end click as a collective is under the head coach's microscope like no other. I've never really understood it. Mike Tomlin's obviously always been a defense-first coach. Heck, he played defense when he was at William & Mary. He doesn't have any sort of uh, mythical connection to the tight end position, but when you watch him at practices, and this goes double for training camp settings, Tomlin is all over the tight ends and those blocking sleds. And nobody, not even the offensive linemen, are challenged to go at these sleds the way the tight ends are. He is a believer, and I respect this a lot about this man, that the tight ends have to be able to block with the same fervor, efficiency, and passion, outright passion, that Heath Miller showed. Because if Heath could be that type of game breaker, as long as we were mentioning all those other big names from earlier, and he could block like this, there's no excuse for you not to be able to do it. I have seen Tomlin hover over Gentry, who, by the way, was a quarterback going into college. He is a self-made tight end in every way. This coach never took the foot off the gas with him, and I'm sure that he still won't do that. I like having him back. Okay, that's what I have to say on this. I like having Gentry back. I would like one of these shiny new toys, and we're going to see some players 
among this tight end group who get passed up by the Steelers probably end up being really productive citizens elsewhere. And it's going to be one of those cases where you just go, oh, if only the Steelers had gotten this guy and said, I'm okay with the tight end room the way it is. I am. Use that pick, the 17 pick, and for that matter, the 32 pick where they're needed. And that's in the trenches. Not the tight end trenches, the other trenches. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Tim, who asks, DK, do you think that the Steelers will trade up to get a player like Brian Branch? Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Branch, easily the most complete safety available in this class. Uh, It's borderline universal consensus that he'll be the first safety taken. A real physical guy out of Alabama who can also get his... Hands on the ball, he can cover. He's a dynamic guy. And man, it'd be just wonderful to have a set of safeties that would be, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick as your main piece, obviously. Uh, Branch is the guy next to him, fellow Alabama guy. And then DeMonte Casey kind of functions as your wild card in the three safety set. Yes, that's fun. That's fun. I, don't think it's realistic, but to actually answer your question most directly, I don't know that there's a need to trade up for him. If you've looked at the various mocks on Branch, you'll see that he kind of hovers between the 20s and the very low 30s on most people's boards. And When you look at the mocks that don't just rank the players, but also try to assign them to teams, you'll see a couple of mocks out there. CBS's is one of them that has Branch going to the Steelers at 32. So why trade up? If you like him and you're willing to gamble on his being available at 32, is he worth giving up something else to slide up from, let's say, 32 to, I don't know, 28? I don't think so. I don't think so. When you look at the free agency market, and I understand the free agency and the draft are totally different concepts in a lot of ways, but when you look at free agency and you see how safeties are getting hosed, including Terrell Edmonds, year after year, you're not getting the sense that teams place that high of a value on the position. And I know Minka's, a, Minka's his own cat, okay? Leave, leave Minka out of this. But I don't hear anybody putting Branch into that category, nor should they. So if you're, if you're liking Branch and you feel like having some sort of excess at the safety position, if it's uh, a Mike Tomlin or Terrell Austin thing that they want to really go gangbusters with this three safety formation they can do that but they're going to be doing it at the expense of what's up front 
And I don't know about you, but I've had enough of seeing my safeties slide up to the line of scrimmage to compensate for people who can't tackle up there. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one of these tomorrow.